I'm going to be honest with you. I'm getting a little bit nervous about the state of the podcast when it comes to once we get to the uh, the dog days of summer, if you will, mainly because, I mean, we're mid-April. This is a recording date of April 19th, Tuesday, April 19th, and we're running a little bit low on material, if you know what I'm saying. I mean, there's not a lot to talk about right now. Um, so I guess the plan this week, is, we're probably going to do a, a little bit of a follow-up from last week, last week um, and the week before. Last week, we talked about the NBA playoffs. And uh, I'm going to kind of not recap, but, uh, you know, take a, a different position and look at it from a different angle now because we've had a couple games go through. And um, and then uh, also take a look at the uh, MLB after the first few weeks of the season. So we're going to start there in the MLB first few weeks of the season. And lo and behold, it's kind of what we expected. You know, not a whole lot. Anything jumps off the screen. The Cubs probably would be the... Uh, the biggest surprise right now is what I would say. Uh, they're six and four. You know they're not. You know, you know they're not. They're not incredible by any means. But uh, six and four, and they're leading the NL Central as of as of Thursday. That's you know better than I think a lot of people expected. Um, Seiya Suzuki has been very good for them. A huge pickup for them out of Japan. That's probably going to end up being a bigger signing than we th- than a lot of people thought it was going to be. Um, over in the uh, excuse me in the AL East, it's a bloodbath. Kind of what everybody expected it to be. Blue Jays are six and four, and then the teams, the four teams below them, the Red Sox are five and five, the Yankees are five and five, and the Rays are five and six. So it's anyone's battle in there, obviously. The NL East, maybe a big surprise here. Not a big surprise, but maybe a, a decent sized surprise here. The Mets are seven and three, and uh, they've not only been one of the best pitching teams, obviously, with the the uh, great um, uh, rotation that they have, starting rotation that they have. Um, even with the Grom out, but their offense has been very good as well. They lead the league right now in an offense on uh, an offensive rating um, with the bats, according to Fangraphs, and uh, they're doing it well with the bat. They're only hitting a 253 average right now, but they're getting on base a ton, a 358 on base percentage, and a slugging percentage of 415, and then uh, a walk percentage of 11.3 percent, a strikeout percentage of 18.7 percent. So. Good numbers around the board there. They also have 12 home runs. That's one of the, the highest in the league as of right now. And then um, they have 49 RBIs, 51 runs. As a team, though, looking at the team statistic or the, the individual player statistics on that team, um, Lindor is being is the big name right now. That's a that's kind of been st- that kind of stood out so far. Uh, he's hitting 273 for average right now. 273. Not great, um, but his on-base percentage is insane. He's uh, got a 442 on-base percentage. That is really high. He's also got a 606 slugging percentage, and he's got a walk percentage of 20.9% to a strikeout percentage of just 11.6%. So he's been a standout so far this year. He's also got three home runs and a uh, and nine runs and seven RBI as well. Um, another name, Brandon Nimmo, the Wyoming boy himself. If you need a favorite player to watch and you're from Wyoming, the New York Mets. Outfielder Brandon Nimmo from Cheyenne, graduated from Cheyenne, uh, played at Cheyenne post six earlier in his um, in his high school career, and now he plays for the New York Mets. And you know what? He's playing very well for the Mets right now. He's hitting three thirty three. He's got a four twenty nine on base percentage and he's seven oh eight slugging percentage. He's got two home runs, six or uh, six runs, and then uh, two RBIs, and uh, he's got a walk percentage of thirteen point eight percent. He is striking out a lot, twenty seven point six percent K percentage. That's not very good. You want to see that probably go down just a little bit. But 
hey, 333 average in 29 plate appearances is not something to really gawk at. So good for Brandon Nimmo, Wyoming native. We all love him, even though he was stomping Sheridan back then. We still love him now because he's a Wyoming boy. So good job, Brandon Nemo. We want him to keep it up. Keep it up, Brandon. Uh, also on that team, Jeff McNeil's been playing very good. 344 average, 447 on base percentage, and a 438 slugging. Uh, 13.2% walk percentage and a 7.9% strikeout percentage. And then also uh, Pete Alonzo, the polar bear. He's got uh, three home runs on the season so far and 14 RBI, which I believe the last I checked was one of the league leaders as well. So that's the Mets. That's a pretty impressive team so far this year. Um, and uh, let's take a look at their uh, their uh, pitching as well. One of the better pitching teams in the league, just in terms of rotation. I kind of pointed that out Um Their pitching has given them 10.84 strikeouts per nine innings pitched. That's very good. A 2.35 team ERA and a 2.78 FIP and uh, 1.9 wins above replacement as of Thursday. And that's an 88 innings pitched and set, uh, excuse me, 10 games, 10 games so far this season played. So they're seven and three and their pitching is doing a lot of good work for them. Tyler Tyler McGill, name out of nowhere. He's got a zero ERA right now. He started two games, two wins. 10 innings pitched, 9 Ks per 9 innings, 0 walks per 9 innings, and a 240 batting average when the ball is put into play. And then also Chris Bassett, another pickup for them. He's playing good right now. He is 2-0 as well in 12 innings pitched, 10.5 K strikeouts per 9 innings, and then 2.25 walks per 9 innings. And he's giving up a 160 average when the ball is put into play. Max Scherzer may be one of the more... Um, Less steady arms out of this out of this uh, rotation so far this season. He is two and zero in eleven innings pitch and eleven innings pitched, but uh, he's got ten strikeouts per nine innings, still good. But he has walked three people per nine innings, and then also uh, he's got a three point two seven ERA. While the people below him, uh, Chase and Shreve, Carlos Grasso, and Chris Bassett, and Tyler McGill, all have sub two ERAs. So you know he's gonna get it together. It's Max Scherzer. I don't you know I believe in him more than almost any other pitcher on the planet other than maybe uh, uh, DeGrom, obviously. But, you know, maybe a tad cause for concern, but, you know, he'll get it together. If if the rest of the rotation is playing this well, then who cares? You know, they're going to blow everybody out and they're going to walk their way through the NL East. Um, But moving on to the other teams across the the spectrum here in uh, the MLB, uh, that was the NL East, so the Mets, and then behind them are the Marlins at 4-5, and five, the Braves at 5-7, and seven, they just lost last night at the Dodgers, and then the Nationals at 5-7, and seven, and the Phillies at 4-7, and seven. and the AL Central kind of going what we thought it was going to do, um, the White Sox at 6-3, and three, the Tigers are 4-5, and five, Guardians are 4-5, and five, Royals are 3-5, and five, and the Twins are 4-6. and six. Um, The White Sox kind of feel like the best team in that division, and it doesn't feel like it's that close. Um, the Guardians are four and five right now, but they have had one of the better offenses in the league to start the season. They've got a 13.2 offensive rating. Um, they've got an 8.6% walk percentage, a 20% K percentage. That's pretty high, but they are hitting 276 as a team with a 348 on base percentage and a 451 slugging percentage and nine home runs and 48 RBIs. They have one of the better starts to the season in terms of hitting, and they're still sitting at four and five. Jose Ramirez, one of the names I, if you listened to the podcast two weeks ago, I talked about how Jose Ramirez for the Guardians, I wouldn't be surprised if he was one of the first names to be traded this year if the Guardians did not get off to a good start, so something towards the end of the trade deadline. And then right after I posted that podcast, 
I believe he signed a four-year contract, if I remember correctly. So the timing, if you want, if you're if you're superstitious, you know, that sort of thing, I wouldn't listen to this show. I'm I, I have a I am a very bad historically now I, at looking at the record of calling things and then them being wrong. So if you're looking for something, you know, if you want me to jinx a rival team or something, let me know. I can probably pull that off if I just say something nice about them. If I just say, hey, this is just me, you know, as a fan of the Oklahoma Sooners, the Texas Longhorns, they're going to be back this year, okay? They're going to be a solid team. Now, that's me playing chess right there. I hope that I just jinx them and they're not going to be back this year. That's me playing chess, chess, not checkers. Anyways, the Cleveland Guardians. Um, Jose Ramirez has started off Pretty hot right now. He's got 15 RBIs. That's ahead of Pete Alonso. So that is, I believe, the league leader right now as of Tuesday afternoon. Um, he's got six runs as well and three home runs. He's hitting 457 uh, with an on-base percentage of 500 and an 886 slugging percentage. Again, he's not going to be able to hold that all, all year. 457 is insane. This is just the beginning, like, you know, the first two weeks of the season. So about 10 games of the year. But uh, that's a heck of a start. You know, he's, he's only walking 7.5% of the times. Uh, but he's only striking out about 5% of the time, too. So, you know, when he's hitting the ball, he's putting it in play. He's got a 419 uh, batting average when the ball is in play. So he's hitting the smack out of the ball, as you would say. Also, another guy, Owen Miller. Hadn't heard of this guy. He's a first baseman, second baseman, kind of, um, playing for the Guardians. And uh, he's hitting 500 in 33 playing appearances, uh, 545 on base percentage, and 964 slugging percentage. 8.1 offensive rating. Uh, he's got two home runs, nine run, uh, nine runs, and then seven RBIs. He's walked to 12.1% of the time, 15.2% strikeout percentage. And when the ball is in play, when he puts it in play, he's hitting 545 for the Guardians. So pretty impressive stuff for Owen Miller, a guy I did not know about until the start of the season once I looked at this. Also, Stephen Kwan, he was kind of the story of the season at the start of the season, at the start of this year. Um, I believe he went on a 14 straight at bat streak where he got a hit. If I remember correctly, I could, I'm just, you know, going off of memory at that point. I'm not a hundred percent sure if that's correct, but that sounds right. Um, he's got seven runs, five RBIs on the season. He's walked a ton, 21.6% uh, walk rate and then a 5.4% uh, strikeout rate. He's got a 400 uh, batting average when the ball is put into play and a 385 average overall. And also a 541 on base percentage and a 538 slugging. He doesn't hit the ball, you know, he doesn't blow it out of the ballpark, but solid two man, solid leadoff guy, that sort of thing. He will get around and score if you get him on base. And he's been getting himself on base a lot. So props to Stephen Kwan. Also, another guy, Miles Straw, 44 plate appearances, 333 average, 455 on base percentage. This Guardians team, they've been hot out of the gate. You know, take with a little bit of a grain of salt. I'll give him, you know, because. Like I said, first two weeks of the season, we're just picking it, picking at straws here, you know, picking, picking the salt out of, uh, out of the ocean. Okay. We got a lot of games to go here. So, but I'm just looking at it for fun just to see how far off I was or how far, how correct I was so far, you know, neither here nor there. Uh, looking at the AL West now though, the Astros six and four, the angels six and five, the athletics, athletics, six and five money ball question mark could be. Where they're back, you know, Mariners are five and five. The Rangers, uh, they had a lot of big signings this offseason. They have um, one of the worst records in baseball right now, two and seven. Uh, they, they've been pretty disappointing. Their pitching has been dreadful for them. They have had a lot of struggles. Uh, Corey Seager has played really good for them. 
uh, especially offensively. Um, the big thing that came out of this was uh, came out of this past you know two weeks as he was walked with the bases loaded to bring in a run, you know, true Barry Bonds style. Excuse my voice, by the way. I'm, I'm getting over a little bit of a cold. So if you hear my voice crack, don't make fun of me, even though it is kind of funny. Don't make fun of me. You know, I'm a little sick, but that's okay. Um, Corey Seager, though, he was walked with the bases loaded to bring in a run. True Barry Bonds treatment. It was pretty sick, even though, I don't know, you know, I would pitch to Corey Seager. I mean, you know, he's good, but I mean, he's not Barry Bonds. You know what I mean? Let's chill out. Um, he's got an 8.1% walk percentage right now. That's pretty low, but in a uh, 18.9 strikeout percentage, that's pretty high, but he's hitting 294, 351 on base percentage and a 412 slugging percentage. Uh, he's got one home run, one run and or excuse me, five runs and then seven RBIs. Um, but this, this team's pitching has been kind of a, uh, kind of a disaster for this team. Unfortunately, we're going to take a look at their pitching stats now. Um, yeah, just been kind of a mess for this team. Um, I think their league lead, their leader right now is. Um, hold on, let me pull up the game started. I don't want to just relievers. Here we go. Game started. Their leader right now has got a two point two five ERA. He started in that was just um, in in um, he started one game. He's a reliever too, but in his one start, he has a two point two five ERA as well. Um, but I mean, for their starters, their leader right now it looks like is. Ugh, man, this is a disappointing team in terms of pitching. It looks like it's Dane Dunning. He had two games started, and he's got a five. Or no, excuse me, Taylor Hearn. There we go. Taylor Hearn, he's got a 4.70 ERA. That's their leader right now in ERA. Um, He's doing 11 strikeouts per nine innings, 2.35 walks per nine innings. So, you know, a high ERA. He's striking out people, though, a decent amount. He is giving up some walks. But the big thing is when he put the, when they put the ball in play against him, uh, a batting average with the ball in play against him of 538. So when people are hitting the ball, they're hitting the ball hard and they're finding holes against him. And the Rangers, um, all the acquisitions they made in the offseason for their offense, um, their pitching seems to be a little bit suspect as we get a little bit further into the season. That could be their ultimate downfall right now. Um, looking at the NL West Dodgers. Of course, um, you know, nobody, nobody predicted this Dodgers eight and two, who would have thought, right? Um, then the giants at seven and two, again, having another solid start to the season. Nobody really thought, I mean, people thought they were going to repeat of what they did, but nobody really knows why they're doing and they're able to do what they're doing. Um, they're seven and two Rockies seven and three, pretty, pretty solid start to the season. They're seven and three and then the Padres are seven and five. The D backs are three and seven. They're the worst team in the NL West. We're going to take a little gander at the Colorado Rockies. So maybe the the biggest surprise, I guess, is the Rockies' competitiveness. Maybe in the NL West again, only two weeks into the season, but an interesting look here at the you know the the Rockies. I think they won two of three against the Dodgers to start the year too, which was you know if there's ever a, a cliche to point out for the Rockies, it's that they start they always start incredibly well and then you know the wheels kind of fall off. That is something that happens to the Rockies. It feels like every year, but you know, let's just take a look at it to start anyways. Um, Connor Joe, he's leading the team in offense right now, an offensive rating of 5.4. He's got a 359 average of 468 on base percentage and a 641 slugging percentage, two home runs, eight runs, four RBIs. Uh, he walks about 14.9% uh, with a uh, walk rate of 14.9% and then a 19.1% strikeout percentage. 
a 429 ba- uh, batting average when the ball is put in play, and that's very good. Um, and then right below him is CJ Crone. Those two have been doing the most damage for this team. He has five home runs, eight uh, eight runs, and then 10 RBIs. He's hitting 317, 349 on base percentage, and a 780 slugging percentage in 43 plate appearances and 10 games. Um, those have been the two most dominant players on offense for this team. The big thing for Crone, though, he's only got a 2.3% walk rate right now. That is very low, incredibly low, and then a strikeout rate of 25.6%. That's very high. So that would probably, you'd want to see that even out a little bit more. Hopefully you can get on base. Just Wow, man, my voice is cracking like crazy. On base, just a little bit more. Um, 349 on base percentage is a little bit low. You'd like to see that a little bit higher, but a 317 batting average. You can't, that's nothing to gawk at. That's pretty solid. Um, Chris Bryant, the big name that they acquired in the offseason, he's got eight runs, no home runs yet, and four RBIs. He's hitting 343, 375 on base percentage, and a 457 slugging in 40 plate appearances in nine games so far this season. Uh, a low walk rate, 7.5% walk rate, and a 17.5% K rate. Not a lot of a lot of guys on this team have huge walk rates. Um, it's mainly Connor Joe. He's got one of the bigger ones of the guys that uh, you know play a bunch of the uh, uh, you know day to day, if you will. Um, another one that's in the double digits, Charlie Blackman. He's got a ten and a half percent walk rate, but he's only hitting two twelve. Brendan Rogers, ten point three percent walk rate, but he's hitting one eighteen with a thirty three point three percent K rate. That's really high. Um, so something you want to see. Other than, you know, Connor Joe and CJ Crone rake, um, they probably need the offense to get going a little bit more in terms of getting some more guys on base with walks, drawing walks a little bit more and less strikeouts. And may, you know what? Maybe they can hang. I doubted them at the start of the year. Rightfully so. I'm not going to, you know, hate on myself for doubting the Rockies against that division. But, you know, maybe they can hang. Who knows? Um, also, their pitching has been relatively pretty well. Uh, Chad Cool, he's had two starts this, this season so far. Um, Two, uh, 10 innings and uh, 10 and a third innings pitched uh, 7.84 strikeouts per nine innings, 4.35 walks per nine innings. That's pretty high, but he's giving up just a 160 batting average when the ball is put into play. Um, another name here, Herman Marquez. He's gone 11 and a, 11 and a third innings pitched. He's got six and a half, 6.35 strikeouts per nine, in, per nine innings pitched and then um, uh, under a walk per nine innings. So that's pretty good as well. A 3.97 ERA for him. Uh, a batting average with the ball in play of three point, uh, or excuse me, three twenty four. Um, so you know, pitching hasn't been dominant by any means, but it's been it's been pretty solid. Tyler Kinley's another name in here. Um, he's a he's not a starter, but he's a bullpen arm that's been pretty solid for them. Zero earned runs so far in six games, five in the third innings pitched, um, thirteen strikeouts per nine innings to three point three eight walks per nine innings. Pretty solid. Um, hasn't given up a single run yet this year, an earned run yet this year. And then, um, you know, Antonio Sanzatel is another name that's pretty uh, pretty solid so far, 2.16 ERA. Um, he doesn't walk a lot of people. The ball does get put into play against him, but he's he is 1-0. Eight innings pitched in his one outing this year. Uh, or excuse me, in his two outings this year. So, you know, maybe it's a good mix so far. Pretty solid start to the season, but it is the Rockies. So, you know, hold it with just a little bit of a grain of salt and a lot of these teams, you know, hold them with a grain of salt. We are just starting the season. So uh, we will see where a lot of these teams end up, but I just wanted to do a little recap and a first two week, uh, two week uh, look ahead and look back, I guess, to what we were talking about earlier, uh, two weeks ago on the podcast and uh, take a look at what, the, where they're at now. And um, 
yeah, not a lot of uh, not a whole lot of surprises other than you know the Cubs and uh, the Rockies being able to hold fruit in the NL West right now. But other than that, it looks like it's you know pretty solid teams all the way around. Other than Cleveland's offense exploding, the Mets' offense is exploding, and then uh, the Dodgers being the Dodgers, the Cubs have a decent offense. It looks like on their hands, and um, yeah, I mean you know a little a couple surprises here and there. But we are going to move on now to more NBA playoff basketball now that we've got some some uh some games under our arms here we're going to take a look at some of the uh some of the games that happened this previous weekend and um yeah some of the some of the matchups that uh that that you know geared my eye towards it uh first one dallas mavericks against the utah jazz utah jazz fans hold tough you know this one this one looks like it's going to go seven games um feels like it's going to go seven games but i would say if um, the Mavericks do get Doncic back and Jalen Brunson's able to play at the way at the level he was playing at um, a couple. I, guess, I believe it was Monday night against the Jazz when he dropped. I believe it was 41 points. Uh, yeah, 41 points. Then the Jazz are probably in trouble. Um, but, you know, they're on the Jazz are going back home. You should pick up two wins there, taking a commanding three one lead. Then, you know, the Jazz can wrap that up in five if they wanted to. So it's really, you know. Nobody knows. Nobody really knows. Um, but the Mavericks put on an impressive show last, uh, or excuse me, on Monday night, and then um, Jazz put on an impressive show in Game One with John Donovan Mitchell scoring, I believe, it was thirty points in the second half. So that one is the one that I think, out of all of them, probably can go seven games. Um, Nuggets and Warriors. I'm sorry, Nuggets fans. Uh, the Warriors look unstoppable right now. Now that they got everybody back, and then they found another guy in Jordan Poole who has just been straight up dominating. And then Curry went off in game two. Um, I think they scored like 70 points in a 26 minutes, uh, 26 minute span or something like that. It's not looking good for Nuggets fans. That three seed for the Warriors now feels like a, you know, a, a low one seed. If you're the Nuggets, that this is a tough matchup for them. And um, it shows they're down two nothing. Now they are going to go back home, which maybe they can pick up two there, but winning on the road in Oakland is not an easy task to do. So you're going to have to try to get one in Oakland and then win all your games at home. But this team, this Warriors team looks unstoppable right now with the, with the, with the team they're putting out there right now with everybody back at full strength. And then Jordan Poole coming in as well and just straight up dominating. Um, Memphis Grizzlies, they're trailing the Minnesota uh, T-Wolves. Bit of a surprising one. The T-Wolves uh, dominated in that first game in game one. Um, 130, to, I think it was 130 to 107, if I remember correctly. Um, it was headlined by Carl Anthony Towns. He was the leading scorer. Um, but I mean, Anthony Edwards looks like a, a something that they're going to, that the Grizzlies aren't going to be able to deal with. He was dominant. He had 36 points in that game. Cat had 29 points in that game. Um, and even, you know, Patrick Beverly got in the action, 10 points in that game. You know, D'Angelo Russell, 10 points in that game. They just got a lot. The, the Timberwolves are a seven seed, but they got a lot of weapons they can throw at you, uh, especially on offense. And if the, uh, Grizzlies want to kind of hang in this series, even though they're the two seed, they are favored and you know, they should win this series. This one also feels like it could go seven as well. Um, they're going to have to, you know, hang with the Timberwolves dropping 130 in a playoff game is no joke against the, the, uh, the Grizzlies and the Grizzlies have one of the better defenses in the NBA uh, during the regular season. So Timberwolves might have the slight edge in that series, you know, after one game, obviously it's just one game, but 
We'll see what happens there. Uh, Miami Heat are leading the Atlanta Hawks 1-0 in their season. That one feels like it's probably going to be over pretty quick. Uh, the Miami Heat dominated in that game. Uh, Clint Capella got hurt as well in that game, which is a huge loss for the Hawks if he's unable to go um, in the rest of the series. And uh, if that is true, then probably the Miami Heat could probably sweep that Atlanta team or at the very least go five if if, if uh, Clint Capella is indeed out. So that one looks like it's probably going to be over early. Knock on wood. Um, one I got completely wrong so far this season or so far in this postseason, the Sixers versus the Raptors. I thought the Raptors were going to dominate this series just from um, everything we've kind of heard around the 76ers um, and some of the, uh, you know, some of the the news that comes out of that out of that facility. I mean, they're probably the most rumored about team, I would say, other than maybe Brooklyn um, in the NBA and uh, the Sixers. It just didn't sound like there was a lot. Um, of positive stuff coming out of that locker room in terms of, you know, Doc Rivers looking ahead to try to go to Los Angeles to go coach LeBron and that sort of thing. That's a rumor that's sprouted up. Um, and, you know, that's going to cause butting heads and stuff like that. So that's been that's been a rumor that popped up. But, hey, you know, they completely pushed it aside. Um, and the Sixers are dominating the Raptors right now. They were up by as many, I think, as 30 last night. Um or on Monday night, excuse me, and um, and Tyrese Maxey has come alive in that series and provided a very steady third option. Their defense has looked pretty solid so far, even though the defense was a big question mark heading into the playoffs. They have looked very solid so far, and uh, Harden and Bede, as good as ever. They are very boring to watch, though, because all they do is go to the free throw line. I get it. It's part of the game, but it's very boring to watch. I would like them to just, you know, not do that. But, you know, it's the game. What are you going to do? Um, the best game of the weekend came from the Boston Celtics and Brooklyn Nets series. Every piece of banter that is coming from Kyrie Irving to the Boston fans, all the uh, middle fingers and stuff like that. It's so good. It's like watching a uh, a sitcom or something like that. You know, it's awesome. It's just, it's watching, you were watching television, you know? I mean, Kyrie Irving flipping the bird behind his head to the fans. That was hilarious. Um it's awesome. And the Boston Celtics win the game on a buzzer beater. You can't ask for more than that. We hope we want to hope this game goes or the series goes seven games because that would be a ton of fun to watch. Kyrie going back to Boston four times. If it goes seven times, if it goes seven games and then, you know, the Boston players going to Brooklyn three times just to get the same amount of uh, crap from the uh, Brooklyn fans. It's going to be a blast and it's a ton of fun to watch. And there is not a more fun player to watch in the NBA right now than I argue than Kyrie Irving just because of what he can do with the ball. And um, how he can shoot the ball basically anywhere on the court and his dribble moves and all that jazz. He has become the more fun player to watch on that team. And that team has Kevin Durant on it. I'd rather watch Kyrie Irving play than Kevin Durant right now. So there you go. Go watch that series. It's a ton of fun. Um, It's like watching street ball. Not necessarily, you know, like the hard fouls and stuff like that. But the crowd really is getting into it. And um, it's fun to watch. It's it's, it's been a a blast so far. And it's only been one game. So hopefully they can follow that up in their game too. Um, Milwaukee Bucks are leading the Chicago Bulls in that, and their series won nothing. Um, that one I said was probably going to go four. The Bulls held the Bucks, um, held the Bucks down better than I thought they were in that first game. I thought the Bucks were probably going to run away with it, and that was kind of going to set the tone for the rest of the series. But uh, Bucks only ended up winning by uh, seven, I believe, and um, yeah, I mean. The Bulls can get a game from the Bucs. I don't think they're going to compete in this series. I really don't. Um, I don't think it really matters. The Bulls can maybe pull one out against the Bucs um, on the road 
if they if they do that, then I guess maybe anything's possible. But if the but you know the Bucks they're kind of sleepwalking in this first round matchup. Let's be honest. And then um you know I th- I think they can win in four or five really, and the Bucks can win in four or five if they really want to. The other one that I missed over on the West: Phoenix Suns and the New Orleans Pelicans. Same thing with the Milwaukee Bucks and the Chicago Bulls. Um, the Suns they look unbeatable. I don't really see anybody beating this team four times in this postseason. Um, they look unstoppable. The Pelicans played the game of their, you know, season on, uh, on, uh, I guess it was Sunday. Yeah. On Sunday, the game of their season on Sunday and they still lost by 11. I mean, they played very solid in that first game, a 110 offensive rating. Um, they turned the ball over a little bit too much, but same pace as Phoenix in that game. And, uh, they got a ton of offensive rebounds. Nikola Vucevic played in, or excuse me, uh, Jonas Valanciunas played insane in that game. He had 25 rebounds. So, I mean, 18 points, 25 rebounds. They played very, very good. Um, CJ McCollum had 25 points. They didn't shoot incredibly well by any means, but I mean, it's against arguably the best defense in the league. That is probably as good as you're going to get. It's just, uh, you know, shoot the ball hope for offensive rebounds and then score off of the offensive rebounds like Jonas Valanciunas was doing. Um, but you know, the, the, it didn't matter. I mean, the, the Suns dominated 110 to 99 and it kind of feels like that's the, that's the vibe we're going to get for the rest of the series. Um, Chris Paul had 30 in that game. Devin Booker had 25 in that game. Deandre 18, Deandre Ayton had 21 in that game. Um, and Chris Paul had a double, double as well. 25, 30 points and 10 assists, three steals and a block as well. So kind of feels inevitable in this point. Uh, they can just hit you with so many players, and they're so good on defense. Um, the Suns just look like they're going to have a clear path. I don't see anybody beating them four times in the playoffs. I just don't. Um, they're very, very good and solid team. Golden State, though, that's probably been the biggest surprise for me so far in the playoffs. Um, other than the Sixers, Sixers have also been very surprising. But Golden State has kind of been like if the Golden State Warriors and the play, and the Seventy Sixers played in the in a series right now, I'd take the Sixers in five or six. I mean, they're dominant right now. They are not missing very many shots. They're shooting 53% from the field, 44% from three. Um, they're just dominating the league, or dominating the uh, the Denver Nuggets right now. And the Denver, Denver Nuggets, they just kind of run into a buzzsaw to start the playoffs. And that is very unfortunate for the Denver Nuggets fans. And um, it really is interesting to kind of take it into perspective if you're Nikola Jokic and you're a Nuggets fan and you're looking at... Um, what Jokic has kind of been able to, I don't want to say put on his back, but I mean, he just looking at this now from a playoff perspective makes it seem like he's carried this team a lot further than they probably should have gone. And it's kind of showing at this point now that, I mean, Jokic best player in the league by far right now, MVP this season for sure. Um, But it feels like he has definitely carried this team uh, further than they probably should have gotten with the even the sixth seed um, as the MVP frontrunner of the league, but we'll see what happens. Still, just the first two games of the season, uh, first two games of the series, but that one feels like the Warriors can dominate the rest of that series and move on rather quickly. So we'll see what happens there. We'll also see what happens the rest of the series. Um, I'm excited. I've been watching quite a bit of playoff basketball. A lot of these games have been pretty fun, especially that Celtics Nets series. If you're Looking for one series to watch, and you're a basketball fan. Watch the Celtics and the next, the and the Nets, just for the uh, the drama in it and the uh, you know the pettiness of it. Just because it's a ton of fun to watch. It's like you're watching a TV show, and it's all scripted. 
It's not. Not saying it is, but it, it just feels that way, and it's and it's hilarious. So make sure you tune into the playoffs. Ton of fun. Nothing like playoff basketball. And uh, make sure you keep watching the MLB as well. We'll see where a lot of these teams get going as the month uh, gets prog- you know progresses. More people go away for injury, that sort of thing. We'll see which teams could kind of ride the wave on a lot of these um, for a lot of these teams and during the season. But that is going to wrap it up this week. Short one this week. I apologize, um, but again. I'm a little nervous what we're going to do during the dog days of summer because this week didn't feel like a lot to talk about, but we kind of scraped it through. We'll see what happens. I'm happy. Uh, I'm happy I scraped it through. But again, dog days of summer, a little nervous, a little nervous. Um, that's going to wrap it up, though. Thank you very much for tuning in. Make sure you can uh, tune into this podcast anywhere you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast, you can listen to this one. So take it on the go, that sort of thing. Wherever you want to listen to it, you can. And wherever you get your podcasts or also on sharetomedia.com and podcastwyoming.com. I have been your host, James Timberlake, and you have been listening to the Weekend Sports Wrap Podcast.